them would describe it as the kingdom of heaven is like. But if you go back to verse 1, this one is different. This one, Jesus says, the kingdom of heaven will be like. So he's, this one is talking about future. He's, and again, we don't know exactly when, but he's saying the kingdom of heaven is going to be like this. Okay? And again, our challenge is that there's some cultural things that were going on here. Uh, they didn't quite do it the way we did, and so um, they would have a betrothal period, and so uh, the, bridegroom, the, the bridegroom would go and prepare himself, and at some point, he would say, I'm, I'm coming um, to, to have the wedding. But they didn't know when he was going to come, and so Jesus is using this story to help them understand why they need to be prepared, why they need to be prepared. And so when we read here virgins, he's talking about really, you know, he's saying here these are, these are young uh, girls, you know, kind of like an equivalent would be like what we would say bridesmaids. So these are the, the, the young girls that would help um, uh, the bride get ready for uh, the wedding. And so five of these uh, ladies were um, wives. Five of them were foolish. And so they all brought lamps. And again, this is, I went into my, a few years ago, Harold gave me this gift. He didn't know it, though. We had a white elephant, and uh, this was the gift I got, and we use it regularly. It's not an urn, Derek. There's not ashes in it, okay? Um, there's no genie in it either, Okay. Um, it's, a, it's, a, it's an oil lamp. There is oil in there, and, and so just use it as an illustration. That's probably not exactly how they, theirs were. There was all kinds of different ones. They had ones that were kind of like little cups that had a wick in it. Um, but again, think about it. Back in that time, you know, this morning I came into Brookville. It was dark, um, very early, and uh, even though it's dark, there's a lot of light, but not in the first century. There was no light. When the sun went down, if you didn't have a candle or a lamp, it was darker than dark. And so um, it's late. And so in the story, each of these um, gals, um, bridesmaids, had lamps. And so whether they were torches or, you know, again, it's not really the point. But the point is they all had lamps so that when they heard the call from the bridegroom, and they would be able to escort him to, um, to the wedding. They all had lamps, but unfortunately, half of them only had enough oil for a little bit. They weren't prepared. And so as the story goes, um, the bridegroom says, here I'm coming, verse 6. But at midnight there was a cry. Here is the bridegroom, come out to meet him. And so, and verse 7, then all those virgins rose and trimmed their lamps. Um, actually, this was the first call. He wasn't actually fully there yet. So they were getting ready for him to come. And so they're preparing themselves. But all of a sudden, the five foolish ones realize, hey, we're out of oil. We need more oil. And so what do they do? They say to the ones who were prepared, hey, can we borrow some of your oil? Can we have some? And what do the wise ones say? 
sure, I'll share with you. No, they didn't say that. Some of you might be thinking, man, that wasn't very kind of them. Why didn't they do that? Well, the practical part is, if they would have shared their oil, there wasn't enough there. And so their encouragement was, hey, you know what? You need to go buy some oil. You need to go find some. You, you, you know, and again, if you were hearing this story, you wouldn't have showed up without the oil because a lamp doesn't do a whole lot of good without oil. Obviously, the wick will burn a little bit, so you got a, a few seconds or a little bit of time, but without the oil in it, it wasn't going to be uh, very good. And so what do we see happening here? The wise uh, bridesmaids send them off, and so they, they go um, to look for oil. And so what happens next? The bridegroom comes, and the other, uh, the, the, the foolish ones uh, come back later. Look down in verse 10. And while they were going to buy, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went in with him to the marriage feast, and the door was shut. And so it can feel a little unkind here, but the point is, God is telling us that he warns us about things. And there are times when time runs out, that we need to listen to what he's saying. And that's what happens here. These uh, bridesmaids were, were, un, they were not prepared. They didn't have enough oil. And so when they come back, the, party, the door was closed. And what do they do? Verse 11, um, afterwards, the other virgins came also saying, Lord, open to us. So they're banging on the door saying, hey, let us in, let us in. And what does the bridegroom say? Verse 12, but he answered them, truly I say to you, I do not know you. Now, if we were studying the whole book of Matthew, this should send something off. Jesus used this phrase back in the Sermon on the Mount, back in uh, Matthew chapter 7. Let me read it. You'll, you'll recognize it when you hear it. Matthew 7, verse 21. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven and on that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many mighty works in your name? See, they were busy for God. They were doing things. But there was a problem. Verse 23. And then will I declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. God's heart is relationship, more than, us, more than us doing things for him. He's not impressed by us just being busy for him. He wants us to know him and to walk with him and understand who he is and, and, and go where he goes. He wants us to relate with him. And so the same thing happens in this story. As, as the, 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 uh, the foolish uh, virgins you know, say, hey, let us in, and what does the, the master say? The master says, 
I don't know you. I don't have a relationship with you. Which is why they didn't listen. They, they, they should have came prepared with oil. They had the lamp, but they didn't have the oil. They were not prepared. And so within the story, what, who, who are the participants? What, is, what does it mean? Well, the bridegroom is Jesus. He's the central figure. He, he always has been, always will be. And so his arrival, um, the bridegroom's arrival, is Jesus' return. That's the promise that we have. He's coming back. Isn't that good news? Yes. Does everybody believe that? No. A lot of people that don't believe that. But that's the distinction. That's what sets our faith distinct from all other religions. That Jesus came, he left, and he said he is going to return. Well, in the story, the, the wise virgins, who were they? They are the true Christians. They are the ones who are dedicated to Christ. Those, they are the ones who listen to what he has to say, and they obey him. They were prepared. They knew what was going to, you know, they knew what was going to take place, and so they came prepared. They had their lamp. They had their oil. They were in tune with what God was doing. Well, what about the foolish uh, bridesmaids? These are the superficial disciples. Their problem was their lack of preparation. They weren't prepared. Isn't it an awful thing to have the feeling, or when, when it comes down to when you're not prepared? Think back to high school or college. Whether I didn't study enough or I didn't study the right things, and that thought as you're staring at your blue book thinking, oh boy, this is going to be a long hour to be unprepared. And so there are people that name the name of Christ, but when it comes down to it, and Jesus calls them out. I mean, he did it on the Sermon on the Mount. He does it here. He's warning us to say, are you a true follower of Jesus Christ? Do you listen to him? Do you obey him? Do you follow what he is saying? So what is the door in the story? The door is the final judgment. And we see that through Scripture in different times. You know, Noah and the ark, what happened? At some point, the, the opportunity to get on the ark closed. The door went shut. And so we know the same thing. That at some point, God's grace calls us to account. So there is a final judgment. But today we have the opportunity to listen. And so it comes down to here, and I think the last, verse 13, is the whole point. He gives us kind of the whole point of the whole story. Watch, therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour. And so he's telling us here to be ready. Now, I do want to caution. And again, anytime you, and, and again, he says very, and, and this isn't the first time, he says this numerous, time, numerous times through the, through the Bible. 
Anybody who says they know when Jesus is coming is a, is a liar, is a false person. Nobody, Jesus even said, I don't even know when. So anytime you hear of predictions, you just, just don't even entertain them because it's not true. Nobody knows. God wants us to live today by faith. It could be today. It could be a thousand years from now. It could be in six months. We don't know. We know that, you know, we remember in the first, you know, in the first century, the, the disciples, they were expecting that Jesus went up and they were going to be busy and he was going to come back down pretty quick. Did that happen? How many years have passed? 2,000 plus. But yet Jesus says, I'm coming soon. Because for God, time isn't anything. So we don't know. We don't know. Think back to the, when, you know, I was thinking about that this morning in my quiet time. I was just journaling and saying, you know, what does this, you know, mean for me? And I think back to, you know, our first child. And, you know, we didn't know when, I mean, we know who she is now, Leah. We didn't know when she was coming. We knew about the time frame, but there came a point where we need to make sure we have the name and we have all the, the stuff prepared for when she does arrive we were prepared, but at the same time, you don't know when. Now, again, we live in a time where, okay, you can have a C-section scheduled, and, it, you know, the illustration breaks down, but the point is, you don't really know. We don't know. And so Jesus' encouragement here is, be like the wise virgins that listened and were prepared. They listened and were, and were prepared. And so what does that mean for us? And I think, you know, I, I think, you know, one area it means, hey, you know what? We're going to go through trials in our life. All of us. We're, we're gonna, God is going to lead us in things that are uncomfortable, difficult, painful. We wouldn't choose it. But yet God gives them to us so that we, we would be closer to him. Amen. And so watching in that means that we, instead of trying to get out of what God is doing in our life and praying for rescue, God, just heal me, or God, just solve this, or God, just... Maybe the, the, the prayer needs to be, all right, God, what, what are you trying to do with me in this? And so the watching means, God, that you would use this to mature me in my faith that you would use this to maybe put me in conversations and relationships that I wouldn't normally be because you have a higher perspective than I do. And so it's those trials that we allow God uh, to use them to mature us. That's what watching is. Watching also, you know, it's developing that relationship with God. Our next series that we're doing is going to talk about some of the, you know, the spiritual disciplines. You know, we're, we're entitling it uh, Practice Makes Progress. Uh, none of us are there, but are, are we reading our Bibles regularly? Well, I did it once. Well, that's great. You did it once. What about today? Prayer. So, you know, silence and solitude and some of those 
you know, aspects of developing that relationship with God, knowing Him. He wants us, that's what eternal life is, knowing Him now. And so we need to be uh, developing that relationship uh, with Him. And I think sharing the gospel needs to be part of this. We all, if you know Christ as your Savior, you know the gospel. You don't have to be rehearsed. You don't have to have a right way to say it. If you know Christ, then you know how to share the gospel. Just tell people what God has shown you. Use the scripture passage that God used to open your heart and open your lives, your, your, your life. And so we have that. You don't have to have all the answers. You don't have to wait until you get it all, you know, oh, I'm, I'll be ready. No, no. Just share what God has already given you. That's enough. And if you don't know what to say, say, you know what, that is a great question. Can I get back to you? It's humble. It's truthful. You know, people, people aren't impressed by how much knowledge we, we have. What they need is a, is a, a humility. We need to see people that are humble and say, you know what, I, I, I just want to know God more. He's all that, that, I, that I want and, and, and need to know. And so that's what Jesus' words here, watch, watch therefore. Are we watching? Are we seeing that today, it could be today, could be tomorrow, but are we looking to him? And so one of the ways that we um, you know, also watch is by celebrating the Lord's table. So we're going to take a few minutes to, to do that, you know, to, to celebrate you know, that, that Jesus died on the cross, that he spilled his blood, that salvation and forgiveness comes through his work that he did on the cross 2,000 years ago. That's what Paul writes in, in uh, 1 Corinthians, that why do we practice the Lord's table? So that we proclaim the Lord's death that he died for sin. The payment has been made. And so we need to be reminded of that. Let me read here from uh, Matthew chapter 26, um, starting verse 26. Now as they were eating, Jesus took bread, and after blessing it, he broke it, and he gave it to his disciples and said, Take and eat. This is my body. And he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you, for this, blood is, for, for this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you, I will not drink again of this fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. And so we take a few minutes to use everyday things, bread and juice. They're symbols. There's nothing in them. There's no grace in these. They are symbols. They are reminders to us of what Jesus Christ did 2,000 years ago. And they're reminders to us too, and I think part of the Lord's table is for those of you who have put your faith in Christ. It's personal to you. And so the Lord's table is, is, is for you. And, and, and maybe you've never put your faith in Christ. Maybe you're trusting in, you can be trusting in all kinds of things. Kind of like the words that we read here. 
Maybe you're trusting in your good deeds. Maybe you're trusting in, hey, you had a grandparent that you know, was godly. Maybe you're trusting in, I don't know, there could be all kinds of things that you could be trusting in for the forgiveness of sin instead of trusting in what Jesus Christ has done. And so maybe for you this morning, you need to put your faith in what Christ has done. If you do that this morning, if, you know, if you've never known Christ, I invite you to come and partake of the Lord's table. That you would remember that it was His body that was broken, that it was His blood that was spilled. He made the sacrifice so that we could enjoy eternal life. That personal relationship with God that starts today and it will go on forever and ever and ever and ever. So as we give you opportunity to come up, and uh, there's a table up here, there's one in the back. Um, and again, we want to kind of give time here. You can do this in your family if you want, or you can do it by yourself, whatever, whatever that looks like. Um, we have offering bowls up here, and so um, you, can, you, know, we won't, you can just put your offering in there as well. Um, uh, Dave's going to play a song, and so... Um, and, and we, and we want to give time here. You know, we're, we're not in a hurry. We don't need to rush. Uh, we want to enjoy the presence of God. We want to, you know, maybe you need to take time to ask God to search your heart, you know, and, and, and have some time with the Lord. Um, but uh, let me pray. Father, we thank you so much for your, for, uh, for your sacrifice that you have made for us. God, I pray for these few moments that we have as a church family, but God, also in the personal now. God, that you would help us to search our hearts. That you would help us to be reminded and thankful, God, that our relationship with you rests on what Jesus Christ has done. Not near what we have done, but what he has done. And so God, as we put the, the bread in our mouth, as we drink the cup, Lord, that we would be reminded of the real physical price that he paid because of our sin. God, we just give these moments to you. God, help us as a church to proclaim your death your sacrifice. And it's in your name that we pray. Amen. Hear the voice of love that's calling. There's a chair that waits for you. And a friend who understands everything you're going standing at a distance in the shadows of your shame there's a light of hope that shines won't you come and take your place
your sin, your sorrow, and your sadness. There's a Savior, and He calls. Bring it all to the table. He can see the weight you carry. The fears that hold your heart. Through the cross you've been forgiven. You'll accept it as you are.